So welcome back to The Expert Edge. Today, I wanted to take a unique view on a topic. In fact, one of my amazing Self From Stage Elite students uh, reached out to me because she's actually a time management expert and she specifically mainly helps women uh, get back in control of their time and get the most out of their life. And she reached out to me and she said, hey, Colin, I'd love to help your students and your audience get the most out of the online courses that they've bought so that they can get better ROI. And I thought, gosh, that is such a good topic. I feel like that's not addressed enough. And so I wanted to bring Megan on here and get her to share her expertise around maybe you've joined a course. Maybe it was Self From Stage Academy. Maybe it was another one of the you know major courses out there. And maybe you've done a little bit of it, or maybe you haven't done all of it, or maybe you've fully, you know, just completed or or maybe you haven't implemented enough. Whatever it is for you, I think today's conversation is going to help you to implement and get more ROI from the courses that you have bought. And so the big idea is how do you get more return on investment? from the courses that you've bought. And also, uh, Megan really shares some amazing insights in terms of how to structure your week, how to get more out of your week, how to actually, um, how to organize your life so that you're not only working in your business, you're working on your business. There's lots of really cool distinctions around how to use your time most effectively. And I trust that if you gained value today, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, Megan, I know, is super active on Instagram. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag Megan Sumrell and myself and let us know that you've taken a listen. It go a long way, really appreciate it. So let's get into today's conversation all about how to get more ROI from the courses that you've joined. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So Megan Sumrell, welcome back to the Expert Edge. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here today. <laughs> hey, I'm excited to have this conversation because I think this is such an important conversation, especially in the course creation space or, you know, most of our listeners are course creators or they're doing course creation, like they're a part of courses, they're a part of coaching programs. And I know for me, you know, over the last 13 years of being in, being in business, um, I've joined certain programs and some of them, I did a lot of work from them and implemented a lot. And some of, especially some of the lower priced courses yeah. I would join and like forget I even joined or go like two years later, go, do I still have the login for that? And I think we've all fallen, you know, into yeah. that trap uh, on at times. And this conversation is, I think, going to be so helpful for all our listeners really around, um, how to how to effectively get the ROI from a course. So can you give us some context, Megan, about who you are and what the topic of, you know, what we want to talk about today is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm Megan Sumrall and I live in North Carolina. I'm right outside of Raleigh and I serve as a time management coach uh, specifically for women, but I do have some men that go through my program, but I really speak mostly to women because 
quite frankly, men and women were just different, not better or worse, but we all have different things going on between <laughs> our ears and our brain that make the way we need to manage and plan our time very differently. And especially if you are in a state of life where I am right now, where I'm, you know, raising a young child and building a business at the same time, if you're not really intentional and really strategic about how you plan, structure, and manage your time, you will either get nothing done or you will get a whole bunch of stuff done at a complete sacrifice to yourself Mm -hmm. and your family. So the mission I'm on is really helping women achieve work-life harmony where you can have a thriving business, but also have a thriving life outside of it as well. Mm, I love that. And and what's cool is, I know, Megan, you've been in our program at Self From Stage Academy and Self From Stage Elite for a number of years. Uh, and, you know, as soon as you entered, I could just tell there was something special on you and your life. Um, and for me, it's it's integrity. And what I mean by that is, is you live what you teach. I do. And I watch anyone who does well in our programs and just in business in general, they carry this immense degree of internal integrity to their message. And so that's why I wanted to have you back on the podcast and share this topic because I think it's going to be so helpful for people. So let's talk about the the context of this conversation and how this came about. Can you chat us through that? Yeah, it you know, as anybody in this space, I I of course deliver courses, but I'm also an avid consumer of them. I'm always eagerly learning. Uh and I remember uh, early on in starting my business, uh, we were at a very, it was a very chaotic time in life. And I was at that point where I was still trying to build my business, but I hadn't figured out my sweet spot yet on how to best manage my time. Uh, And I was tucking my daughter in bed one night and she was about seven at the time. And I had scheduled a call for work in the evening, which was something I usually didn't do. And I was trying to step back from it, but I hadn't really kept integrity with myself on that day. And so I'm tucking her in, but I'm kind of, you know, looking at the clock, like, mm. please, please just let this be one of those nights where we read the book, hug, kiss, we get out. And you don't hear that. Make like if smooth. you're closing the door, you get that mom, <laughs> you're like, no, scratch my back so again. Close. Yeah. <laughs> And she could sense that I was kind of rushed. And as I was tucking her in, she, she said, mom said, I feel like sometimes you like your, your work more than me. You know, as a parent, that's like, Oh, (laughs) worst possible thing your kid could (laughs) say to you. And I paused and thankfully the universe gave me the right conversation to have with her. And, Mm. and instead of kind of reacting instantly, I just said, you know, why, why do you feel that way? And she said, well, sometimes I feel like, you know, you'd rather be working than maybe playing a game with me. And she kind of brought up a few examples. And so I sat on it for a minute and I said, you know what? I said, this probably isn't the answer that you want to hear but sometimes I would rather be working than playing the 50th round of war or crazy eights or whatever, you know, we've just done. And she looked a little startled and I said, you know, here's something I think it's important for you to understand. And I think every uh, entrepreneur, especially if you're a parent, it's a really great conversation to have with your kids. As I said, listen, Grace, um, you know, I'm mom, I'm mom to you. Right. But for years I was just Megan. 
that was it. And I got married much later in life. And my husband calls me Megs. So I said, I have, you know, well over 30 years of just being Megan and Megan did a lot of things. And then I met your dad and then I became Megs. And so then sometimes I'm Megs when I'm out on date night, but then I'm still Megan. I said, do you think that when I married your dad, I stopped doing all the things that I love that were important to me? And she said, no. I said, well, then I became mom. And so becoming mom doesn't mean that Megs and Megan no longer exist either. I said, so I'm all three of these things to everybody in this family. And just because I'm mom doesn't mean that Megan doesn't get to do things that are important to her. I said, so sometimes if I've been working on a project for work for weeks and I'm five minutes from completion in that moment, yes, I'd rather have those five minutes to feel really good about something I finished so that then I can step away and be fully present as mom and Megan can take a break. But in having that conversation with her, it really solidified for me just how important it is when you're building a business to have what I have three buckets of time that, that I look at. I have my, I'm working on my business. I'm working in my business and then I'm off my business. And so when I'm in those off times, I am genuinely off so that I'm not trying to answer the email or the text or return the call while helping with the homework, but really getting clear about those three buckets and then honoring them fully. And so that conversation was almost like that, that final icing for me to make me realize, yeah, I've got to own this just as much as I help other people do as well. I love that. Those three buckets. Now mm-hmm. let's, um, can we come specifically to this topic and then let's go into bigger overarching like yep. time management strategies. So let's say someone has bought a course. They've bought one, maybe your course. They've bought my course. They've bought someone else's course and they want to get the most out of the program for the investment that they've put into it. Yep. What are some strategies and thinking methodologies that you would recommend to to just start? Yeah. So first of all, I think it's important for people to understand, like when I, when I invested in your course, I was like, okay, there's going to be, when I am watching the content and I'm in learning mode, that's me working on my business. I'm Mm -hmm. learning strategies. I'm, you know, wheels are going, I'm thinking of how I'm going to go implement it. But so many people stop there. And they'll watch a hundred hours of content, but then they never actually do the on their business, meaning go implement what you've learned. So anytime I invest in a new course, I have to look at my current schedule, my current life and say, how much time am I willing to spend each week in learning mode where I'm working on versus implementing what I've learned. And what's interesting is of all the courses I've consumed over the years, they've all come up with different answers based on how the course was laid out. Mm. And this is one of the things I loved about your program. So when I first bought it, I logged in, you know, everyone's that instant overwhelm when you buy a course, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're so excited. Yay. Look at all the content. Oh crap. (laughs) Like, look at all the content. How am I going to get through this? Um, But one of the things that you have in your program, which is something I encourage course creators to do themselves to help their students actually put into action is you have it broken up into bite-sized learnable chunks. I didn't have to go watch, you know, 50 hours of content 
to get the whole picture to then step into action. So when I saw how your course was laid out, hey, let's go learn about your signature story. Okay, now let's go learn about micro decisions. Now let you know. Now let's go learn about the offer. Um, I would look at all right. How long is the the content? How much video learning do I need here? And now I can go look at my calendar and say, now I need to create a realistic plan for myself. So, you know, at that point, I was kind of going back and actually looking at my plans from program. I had at that time, two and a half hours a week set aside to work on my business, to actually go watch the videos, but then they were alternating weeks. So if week one, I was watching and learning in two and a half you know, hour over the course of the week, week two was then now I'm taking that equal amount of time and I'm implementing what I just learned last week. Ooh, I'm I love not this. allowed to go in and watch the next video until I've put something into action. Mm. And this is where people always ask me, how do you get so much done? I'm like, I'm not getting more done. I'm just very strategically making sure that I am balancing my on versus in. I'm learning, then I'm implementing. Mm. And it doesn't mean that I'm gonna get it. I, and one of the things you say that I love is you don't have to get it right, just give it a go. Mm. And so I do that. I just, I, that's my approach to everything. And I'm refining it every single time. So anytime I'm doing another you know, event where I'm selling from a virtual stage, I'm refining as I'm going, mm. but I'm bringing one new skill in every time that I'm really focused on. And so I think when you can ask yourself, how much time do I have right now that I'm willing to invest in the learning aspect? And then how much time do I want to invest in implementing what I've just learned? And then you have to actually go put the appointment on your calendar. It can't live as a task list item. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you're never going to have the time, right? Oh, I've got 15 minutes. Uh, I better not start watching that video. I don't have time. So for me, like this week, I was looking at my weekly plan. It's a short week because it's the holiday week, but I had an hour on Monday and an hour and a half on Tuesday on set blocks of time where I was going back and watching a training that I missed from a program. Yeah. I love that. So um, specifically you're saying, so let's say they join a course and um, you really have to get real and honest and look at your calendar and book like book some time in physically you know on your digital calendar as opposed to just having it as a list of like learn some stuff this week yeah um you know listen to log into self from stage okay when for how long and with what purpose Mm. and so because you were talking about the idea of you know most people they'll they'll do the training but they won't implement it but Mm -hmm. i even think uh, you know, and I'm sure you see this a lot as well is, is like people don't even do the training. Like they don't even log in and do enough of the training. And I think, I know for me, it's not about completing a course. Like, so for me, completing the course is not the goal. No. For me, getting return on investment is the goal. And that return on yeah. investment can look very different for different courses. That could Absolutely. just be, could be mental perspective. It could be emotional, emotionally feeling better. It could be making money. It could be having time in my schedule. It could be connecting with my wife better. It could be like, there's so many different ROIs. And so how do you go about like when you initially join, how do you even like look at planning out the learning side of things? Yeah. And this is where I would love to give a tip to people creating courses as well. I will, I kind of treat it like a, 
like a pro, I mean, like a project plan. So, you know, my background was tech project management. So I, I look at everything <laughs> that way. I can't turn that off. And so I will uh, look at physically how much content is here, like in terms of hours and how are they broken down? And I will tell you, if you are a course creator, the worst thing that you can do is to have like your first couple videos be 45 minutes to an hour long. Mm. Cause someone's logging in and say like, I don't have the time for this. <laughs> and so I really encourage people to try and build like, and it may be that they, they need to listen to three videos at 20 minutes each to get the full picture. Yeah. But if you can find a way to kind of slice up the content and the learning that you are delivering into chunks that people can schedule in 30 minutes or less, I guarantee you the likelihood of people actually getting into module one and getting into action is going to go like way up. And so, you know, I remember when I had gotten your course, I sat down and looked at, okay, here's, here's the lay of the land. And I don't remember about how many hours, but you know, I mapped out, all right, module one, it's got about X amount of hours of video X amount for two, three. And then I just went to my calendar and said, what's realistic. Hmm. Okay. What's going on over the course of this month. And the way I teach monthly planning is always you're backing into what is your available time based on the constraints that you're living with right mm. now. So back into it and say, Hey, look, other months, it might be like, I've only got 12. <laughs> so need to be really smart about how I'm going to spend that. So it may be once I've backed into that, and then I'm looking at, you know, kind of the grocery store analogy, I've got $20 to shop. I've got to cook dinner. What's my biggest bang for my buck? How am I going to spend that? So I may choose to say, if I've got 50 hours of content to get through this week, I'm going to invest an hour and a half to learn. But Mm. next week, maybe I can invest three hours until I get to that break. And then I have to go implement it. And then Mm. I'm going to come back and I'm going to do that same assessment and actually plan in the time to go watch the next ones and then go implement what I've learned again. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, I just, I love that. And I think that, um, you know, so what you're saying is that when you're creating a course from a course creator perspective, make sure that you, you're thinking about the, the user experience and that especially at the start of the course, having short wins, you know, like three to five minute videos that just get a bit of momentum to get them through that introduction and then maybe into the first module. Um, because I know for me when I was, uh, that's definitely how I was thinking when I was planning itself from stage, but I know even my intro, it was, it's like 20 minutes, but I actually broke it into like four videos. So they're Mm -hmm. like three minutes, four minutes each. Um, but they're actually one video that we sliced up and put a different intro, outro kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I like that idea of like, you know, making it bite-sized. I talk to me about boundaries and managing all the different Mm -hmm. contexts in your life. Um, because I think boundaries are one of the secrets to to living a fulfilled life. And especially if you're really serious about building a business and you start having an audience and running a public business. Because I know for me, I'll just say this, like when I used to be in corporate, so I used to be a professional speaker, you know, no one contacted me ever other than on email, right? So they would right. send me an email. And I had like 10 clients. That's all I needed to run a really, like really successful business, 10 to 15 clients. Now we have thousands of clients 
and they're everywhere. That's like ants, like running everywhere, right? And <laughs> around like, the world. So you got all and around the, Exactly. Yeah. And around the world. And so I'm curious about like, how do you think about boundaries and, and implement those and so forth? Yeah. So, and that's been a journey for me. And I think it is for everybody, right? It's, it's a blessing and a curse to be an entrepreneur and do what you love. Mm. We're doing what we love, but because I love it, I'd love to do a lot more oh, of so it. True. <laughs> so true. So true. But that doesn't make me a very healthy individual that other people might actually want to be around outside of the entrepreneurial totally. community, right? Um, so I think the biggest hurdle to first get over with yourself, which I had to as well, I'm not saving lives, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon carrying a pager where if somebody is having a time management emergency at 10 p.m. at night that I need to stop what I'm doing and go support them. Mm. And I think that we all need to recognize, again, maybe maybe you are in a business where you're saving lives, but I'm pretty sure the vast majority of people listening are not. Well, I think people <laughs> think they are. Yeah. Um, because I know for me, like you can, I can, I feel that level of purpose. I'm like, I'm freaking yes. changing this person's life. But, but I like what you're saying of like, hey, hang on. Like it's but you're not, not saving it. I'm you're changing lives. It. Yes, but I'm you're changing, not saving exactly. And that's the I think that's the distinction that that yeah. I wanted to bring out is like I'm changing them. You're changing them, but I'm not saving them. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So one of the things, and this kind of ties into one of the like little secret ingredients that I teach people to do when they're figuring out how to set their plans out for the week. I'm a I, I do everything on weekly planning. Daily planning is a horrible way to plan. <laughs> it will lead you to burnout. It'll leave you to overwhelm. It'll leave you to overscheduling. And so, you know, where most people start when they're planning out their week is they'll, they'll put in, Hey, what are my current commitments? What am I already obligated to yeah. doctor's appointment meetings, calls, and then they stop. They're like, okay, all the rest of this white space is me doing stuff. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason. You know, the task list starts. Yeah. I'm going to go listen to some trainings, but they're not actually plugging in when they're doing these larger tasks. But the, the real missing key there is to plug into your calendar. When are you unavailable to be in work mode for your business? So you're not sleeping or lying on the couch. You're busy being busy, but you're in those other parts of your life where you really should be focused there. Um, and I always like to think of those as, you know, those two hours went by and you're like, I don't know what the hell I just did, but I'm exhausted. So, you know, for me, I get my daughter up at six in the morning and the morning routine, the packing lunches, the getting her out the door to school, like that's two hours. That is not the most delightful two hours of my day. I'm very busy. We're doing a lot of things, yeah. but nothing on my to-do list is getting done. Nothing's getting done mm. strategically for work. But if I don't block that off on my calendar, I'm a very early riser my brain's going to be tricked because it sees that white space and it'd be mm -hmm. like, God, you've got so much time today, Megan. And then the same is true for the afternoon. Everybody should have a I'm done working time. Yeah. Finish time. You're done. I need to get and, better at that. My, and Sarah yeah, depending upon your, your lifestyle, it's going to look very different. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I just, I just want to keep going. And then there's always something else like, Oh, so true. And I, and I know, I know for me, whenever I'm trying to, you know, whenever I'm with the kids or with fa with family, and I'm trying to do work stuff, it I am goes well. the worst version of myself. Amen. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> I am. A friend of mine coined the term "gritchy," 
She's like, you're, um, you're kind of bitchy. You're kind of grouchy. I'm like, yeah, that's me. If I'm trying to work and, and be present with my face, nobody's winning. Nobody's Mm. winning. (laughs) There's no winners in that. Uh, I'm just like wielding a sword (laughs) and like no one else is fighting. And I'm just like spinning around trying to like hack things over. Like it was just crazy. Oh my gosh. I I, I, I used to trick myself into thinking, I can get some stuff done in the afternoon, Mm. but the reality is, and my daughter's school gets out very early. So I, my workday ends at one 30 in the afternoon. I'm done. Uh, Like that's it. I'm off. And so I'm getting in the car, I'm picking her up from school. And then we're juggling whatever, you know, the stuff, the homework, the after school activity, the, she just started middle school, the holy meltdown, because it's been a really bad emotional Mm. day because it's middle school and middle school stinks. And so for me on, like, if you look at my calendar, you will see from one thirty to six every day, Monday through Friday is blocked off. Uh. And I visually have to block that off because if I don't, I will trick myself into going, Oh yeah, I'll squeeze that in tomorrow. I've got mm. time. I'll schedule a phone call. I'll do something. And then I'm not fully present in anything that I'm doing. And so that's really the unavailable time. And then everyone has to make the decision for themselves about their evenings. You know, maybe you want to work some in the evening, maybe you don't, but it should be a very conscious, intentional choice. Mm. Yes or no. And then what are the boundaries of those hours? So I used to work a lot more in the evening when I was still, um, when I was starting to build my business, I still had a full-time job in corporate. So I had to make some sacrifices, but when I wanted to whittle down that working at night, it started out, okay, I'm going to work two nights a week and two nights a week only. And so the other three were blocked off and guess what? I didn't work. I was present Mm -hmm. with my husband. I was visiting family, whatever it was there, but I encourage people actually block it off like an appointment on your calendar because your brain, like I always go through the exercise with people. I have them write down all your commitments. Now tell me ballpark. How many hours do you think you have to work this week? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, I got 30 hours. I got 40 hours to spend on the business. Well, then we add in that unavailable time. Then we add in personal time. And all of a sudden they're like, dang, I've only got like 12. Mm. Yes. So now knowing that it's not that that's a bad thing. Now you have the knowledge to make really smart choices on what you say yes to and what you say no to. And that's how you're then strategically saying, I just invested in this course. It's really important for me to go learn this thing. I'm going to make an appointment for two hours to go watch that this week, two hours next week to implement it. And then you're not going to get stuck on the the Facebook scroll there. I, I can get sucked into the reels. I do love watching. The reels. Yeah. Reels. Definitely. <laughs> But when I look at my, and it also keeps me in honor with myself of what I said I was going to do for the day. Because if I look at my calendar and see right now, I'm supposed to be spending an hour writing instantly. If I didn't have all that stuff blocked out on my calendar, I'd be like, oh, I can do that later. Mm. But because I can see Megan, you've mapped out your week. You've said, this is when you have the hour to do it. And if you don't do it now, you're going to be working on the weekend, which Mm. I don't want to do. What do you think about the idea of you know, having like all of your time accounted for on your week. Are you like big on that? Or are you like, Hey, we need a bit of buffer space as well. Like, yeah. So I would say yes, but with a caveat. So all of my time is accounted for, but some of it is big open. Don't put anything here. Yes. 
So I do have it. I call it CYA time, uh, cover your, you know what? Some people call it buffer time. And at different stages in life, I've had to put more or less in it. Mm. So when, you know, I remember back to my daughter transitioning into school, that was not an easy journey for her. I got a lot of phone calls. (laughs) There were a lot of, you may need to come pick Grace up. So back in that day, I had to schedule it in every single day. So I made sure that even during my very limited work time, I always kept 60 to 90 minutes just open in case something came up where I couldn't do what I was supposed to be doing. I could pivot it and move it into that free spot. Now, you know, things are a little bit, a a lot smoother. Uh, And so for me, I try and keep a bulk of Friday as like, I don't schedule appointments on Friday. I like to call it my CEO day. It's kind of my chance to go where the wind is blowing me that week. What am I feeling? What am I wanting to go learn more on? I really want to stay on the business for that day, but it allows me that if something happens during the week that derails something I really did need to get done, I can move it into that space on Friday. And I'm not you know, paying a price for it by working at night, working on the weekend. And then my personal time, notice personal time is not the same as that buffer time. They're two very different things. I'm not moving the whoops that happened. And now I'm taking away from the personal time I need. I'm reserving white space on my calendar. And then if some, if it's like those miracle weeks where like hot dang, everything went as I planned, I estimated well, and now I have this beautiful three hours in front of me. Well, now that's mine to do with whatever I want. Mm. Maybe I work, maybe I don't. Depends on the kind of week that I've had. Um, usually I work just because I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's been like a launch week or something, yeah. those are exhausting. And all of a sudden yeah. I've got three hours. You know what? I might, who knows what I'm going to do? I might yeah. read a good book. I might actually put a Netflix show on for an hour, yeah. but I'm not going to feel guilty doing it because I planned for that. Yeah. Great. I love this because um, I know for me, I put space in my calendar. Yep. So I, I just call it space and and I'll block entire days off. Because one of the challenges I think is like even with Calendly, which is a phenomenal tool with yeah, people booking in, into your calendar. But I know for me, I find people will be booking in randomly and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to like block that off block on my that off. Gmail. And then now people are booking in and they're kind of like running my calendar. Yep. Um Oh, yeah, I've got all that blocked off in yes. Calendly to make sure. And another tip I would tell people to do, because I know you travel now that we're actually starting to get to in yeah. person as well. Every single time I book a trip. So like if I've got a two day conference, I'm going to yeah. in that moment, as I'm putting that on my calendar the day before and the day after I block the entire mm. day off as well, because I want to make sure I am heading out of town with a day to calm, cool, and collectedly dot my I's, cross my T's, reconnect with my team, make sure everything's going to be running when I'm gone and I'm not packing at two in the morning. Right. Mm. And then on the flip side, I know when, when I invest in going to an in-person event, I want to be present in that event. Mm. So I let everything pile up, but then I'm not coming back to a day where my calendar is now blocked with appointments. My calendar is blocked and I have all day to process my email get caught back up, reconnect with the team, process my notes from the event, kind of sit in that space. And then I hit the ground running again. So I tell anybody running a business, bookend any trip that you're taking. And same with family vacations, bookend your family vacations. Don't let anyone 
don't let anyone control your time the day before and the day after a trip. Oh, that's a great hack. That's so yeah. true. Gosh, that makes the vacation or the trip so much more valuable yeah. and calmer um, and all that sort of stuff. So help us, what are some strategies with transitioning out of work into personal time? What are some things oh, that you recommend? One. And for me, it depends on what you're transitioning into. So if I am like my, my end of work day at 1.30, I actually leave my house at 1.45, but because I'm transitioning out of very focused work mode mm. and now I'm transitioning into like, well, hopefully fun mom, I try and be fun mom. Mm. Uh, I need some, I need a little space. <laughs> it's really hard for me to flip that yeah. switch sometimes. Same. So <laughs> I shut off at 1.30 I get in my car at 145 and then I, then I deal with the carpool line from hell. So that gives me a, a nice window to kind of let my brain come down from the place that I've been in. I put good music on in the car. Uh, and that way, when it's time to get her out of the carpool line, I'm in the headspace that I need to be. Now, if I am transitioning out of work into personal time, I don't need that extra 15 mm. minutes, but I used to like allow calls to be booked or meetings booked to right minute. up to the minute of grabbing yeah. my keys and running out the door. And again, then I'm just, I'm not mm. a very delightful person because I haven't given my brain that chance. Now, what's interesting, some of the brain science on this it depends if you refuel as an introvert or an extrovert, not the, how people perceive you. Everybody thinks I'm an extrovert. I am a raging introvert mm. because I have got to be alone to kind of refuel. So if I've had a day where I'm doing a lot of online work, I'm coaching, I'm teaching, I'm recording podcasts, things like that, that is, that requires more space for me to re-energize, to be present for my family for the remainder of the day. Mm. So I typically make sure I'm not doing any of that work after one. So I've even built in a little bit more wiggle room to help me fuel back up for the remainder of the day. But people who refuel as extroverts, meaning, you know, this energizes you getting mm. all, you get off the call with That's your me. students and you feel like you could conquer the world you may not need that transition time. Uh, so having that self-awareness of how you refuel and what taps you out. I love teaching. I love presenting. I love doing stuff like this, but I'm tapped out when I'm done. Mm. And so if I don't create the space to refuel, I'm not going to show up well when I move into that next part of my day. Great. So knowing how, how you refuel and then mm -hmm. putting that space in, because I know for me, I'll finish a week. And so my wife, Sarah, is an introvert. Um, simply, you know, same as you, like raging introvert. I'm like raging out extrovert. Oh, that's uh, what, interesting. <laughs> what do they say? They say, how do you know if you're an introvert, you're married to an extrovert. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but I will finish the week and be like, okay, babe, who are we hanging out with tonight? Oh I'm my God. I just got like, I got PTSD from that. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, no one. <laughs> like for me, I'm like, I am exhausted from this week. Who are we hanging out with tonight? <laughs> Like that is the first thought that comes to my I'm mind. I'm hanging out with Netflix and my jammies. That's what, I'm, exactly. that's what I'm hanging out with. <laughs> exactly. So we've definitely worked out like some great uh, like ways where I can go out with the boys and hang out and she will like chill at home or have a friend over or something like that. It's it's like we, we've definitely come to that maturity in our marriage to work out that, which is great. Um, but I think as a business owner, you've got to know that mm. because you're you're either going to 
you know, extend your personal life in ways it shouldn't or sacrifice yourself. I know if I'm doing a launch week that Friday night and that Saturday, like I, I, I block it off again. I block it off of my calendar. Like I will be no good to anybody. If you mm. now try and force me into a very extroverted activity um, <laughs> so and my family, true. like we use it as a verb. I'll, I'll joke with everyone. I'm like, all right, guys, you know, it's launch week. Mom's going to need a lot of introverting. So yeah. <laughs> let's all remember that. <laughs> it's so and true. Know that. <laughs> especially, yeah, it takes so much energy to launch. And especially when you're an open card, it feels very vulnerable. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just very sensitive. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. It's like, it's tough to be personally present, especially in that launch week and so forth. So creating that space and really just being conscious of it. And rather than pretending that that's mm-hmm. not happening, actually going like this is happening uh so it's like for me a lot of stuff what's coming up for me is is facing reality yes as opposed to this like idea of ideal of what you think you can get done in your week but actually facing reality which enables you to be a better quality human it does and that reality has the stuff the obvious stuff the commitments the appointments the whatever but it also needs to include your unique requirements from whatever your home life looks like, because they're Mm. different for everybody. And it needs to include your unique requirements for how you are showing up as your best self. And so people often ask, they're like, well, how can you, how could you possibly teach people how to manage their time? Like my life looks so different from yours. So I like to give the analogy of what I have is the formula. The formula is the exact same. There are set systems and processes. Mm. And again, I was a math major, so I always go to math analogies. What you're going to be inputting is your data. What does your life look Mm. like? What are your requirements um, for business, for family, for all of that? But this calculator sits here and I'm going to give you the calculator so that you can put your data in and then you're going to get your unique weekly plan on the output. Your, your plan's going to look different than mine, but we're all going to use that same formula that you can rinse and repeat. And that's what makes it so powerful. The formula I'm using today is the exact same one when I had a completely different set of inputs eight years ago. And so my inputs and outputs are different, but it's the, the process is rinse and repeat. And so when you can learn to embrace that, hey, we're just learning a formula here that I'm going to use for the rest of my life your own response, the only responsibility you have at that point is understanding and being honest about your inputs. What's important to you? What are the realities that you're dealing with? And is that your top formula? Yeah. So that is the top planning system. And it teaches you all the formulas that you need for very, I call it realistic, integrated weekly planning and monthly planning so that you can actually have that work-life harmony that everybody needs to have. And it's going to look different for everybody on paper, but the formula is the same. Mm. Do you know something fascinating that I learned? Um, and I think just this facing reality process recently was that weekends for me are not a break. And what I, what I mean by that is like, you know, we've got two young kids, six and eight. They're amazing. Oh, I love yeah. them but I'm exhausted by the end of it. And even if, you know, my wife and I, we always like give each other breaks, like time off and I'll go for a surf or I'll go for a run or like read a book or whatever. Um, But (laughs) one thing I've learned is I always tend to do activities that exhaust me as well. So I'll like (laughs) classic, classic, I don't know. I don't know. It's a classic male thing or not. I don't know, but I'll go out and I'll like, 
go surfing and come back and be like, okay, babe, I need to have a sleep. Like I'm exhausted now. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm having, I'm having some PTSD of conversations with my husband recently on this same topic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, she's, she's so much better with this stuff. Like she'll go away, she'll journal, she'll like look after herself properly. I'll go away and just exhaust myself and come, I'll, I'll like go out for a, a mountain bike and think that that's going to like be really good for me. And I come back and I'm exhausted. But my point was, <laughs> my point was, the other day I scheduled a Monday off. So it was like a work day. And I literally said, I'm, it's an off day. And oh my gosh, it was like the best day best of my day ever, life. Right? Oh, and I was like, and, and Sarah said to me, she's like, babe, you're like a different person. Like, she's like, the, like your energy is just like roaring back. And I realized, because I always viewed weekends as time off and I've had to start seeing it as like, yeah, it is time off. Like it's time off from work. It's time off from work, but it's not vacation. It's not vacation. It's not like it doesn't really refresh me um, to the level of where I have like amazing energy. Right. And it's funny that you bring up the whole like, my husband and I both are very similar in that like his jam is mountain biking but right that's like a four hour experience oh my gosh that's why i don't take up golf because all <laughs> well, my and, he, and play- he golfs so i was oh like my uh, you, you get one all my buddies do golf and i'm like i, I honestly don't have six hours like i, yeah, I couldn't like, get that past the gatekeeper <laughs> well and the, he was you know i'm like i'm fine with that but not both in one day because then that's the whole day. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's (laughs) so instead of us doing, and some of the things I love to do are ones where again, they, I, I I really, I use the term run very loosely because you could probably walk faster than I run, but I'm moving and I'm out there and I love it. You always out there. I always watch you. Yeah. I'm out on a trail, like far, just yes. But then I'm tired. Right. So for us, it's the, not so much the activity because we used to do that. Okay. Well, well, you're going to bike and I'm going to run. I'm like, well, that's four hours. Mine's one. Like there's a disconnect here. So (laughs) it's the buckets of time. So, okay. Mm. How many, how many hours do you get for you to do whatever you want? But at the end of it, you're back engaged. And then do we have some equality in that? I mean, it's never going to be equal every single weekend. There may be one weekend where it's really heavy for him and not for me and vice versa. But Mm. over the course of the month, we're really working to make sure. So then you know, I'm like, Hey, if you want to go do a four hour mountain bike ride, that's on you. But you know, when you come back, you don't get to go sit in the hammock for two hours to take that nap mm. either. Or if you do, then, then we've agreed, Hey, you're going to, you, you get six, seven hours or you get all day Saturday. And then I get all day Sunday. And then I we'll, agree. We'll they, they, they does, something like that. And I feel like that's what I've really had to learn, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great marriage is like that, that sense of, you know, equality or fairness in the, in sharing you're you're sharing the journey you're sharing the responsibilities and that's a continued you know journey and um but i I love that i love that i think that's fantastic um can you share with us maybe one more thing that comes up that a lot of your clients uh face when they're managing their life maybe one strategy that's maybe even been helpful for you lately that, that that you would love to share as we kind of close out this conversation Yeah, I would, I would encourage people. Oh, there's so many like big takeaways. Um, Women in particular, take a really good look at your mornings right now. Uh, So many morning routines are, you know, everyone's, oh, the morning routine, Mm -hmm. the miracle morning, this and that. And I actually do a a whole separate mini course on just morning routines because I'm so passionate about this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
this ties back into the introvert extrovert. If you know you are someone who refuels as an introvert, like I do, and your day is starting with noise, chaos, Mm. people like you are waking up and you are in service to others, you are setting yourself up to really never have a fully successful day ever because you're starting your day on an empty tank. Because if you wake up, I mean, you've been sleeping all night, so you're feeling a little rested, but if you are going straight into service mode and depleting your energy and then Mm. expecting to sit down and have a really great work day and be a great mom, wife, friend, all of that, you are going to be fighting an uphill battle all day long. Uh, Now, if you're an extrovert, that might be your jam. You wake up to the kids running and jumping in you and music's playing. And that's like a great, like happy chaos morning. And that lights your fire you and I are not the same, but that's, that's great news for for you. You're going to have an easier time. So if you are someone that needs that quiet in the morning, it doesn't need, I think people feel like, oh, well then I guess I need to have one of those 90 minute morning routines where I meditate and yoga and journal. No, honestly, you can start with just five minutes and you can build it from there. But I want you to think about what is one activity that makes you feel calm, relaxed, but it's kind of secretly filling you up that if you know, you could just have that every day before you are in service to anybody else, start, start small and then build from that. And I kind of guide people through a whole process to figure out what those activities might be based on your personality type, but it could even be as simple as you go downstairs, you make your cup of coffee, you sip it and stare out the window for five minutes And then you go launch into making breakfast and helping others. But that tiny little bit of time for you to start your day, if you need that will be a game. Like it will just be exponential as the day goes on to the benefits that you get from that. Yeah. I can see how that can make all the difference. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Now I know that you help a lot of people uh, manage their time better, get back in control of their world, uh, especially women. But I know you do have some men in your programs. Uh, and you run regular boot camps and they're free and help people get back in control of their world. Where's the best place for them to get connected with you? Maybe do a free boot camp or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I've always got, if I've got one running, you can come join it. If not, you can hop on the wait list and just go to megansumrall.com forward slash top boot camp. And the page is always there. So, and it'll tell you if we're in waitlist mode, just sign up and then you'll be the first one to know about it to come mm-hmm. on in and they're free. And I would tell you, I've had lately a big shift of a lot of husband and wives coming and doing it together mm. and then actually going through the program together, which I find fascinating. And they're telling me like, it's bringing up a lot of really good conversation because I teach a lot of prioritization exercises, mm. estimating techniques. So they're doing them together mm. and they're saying it's completely changing the dynamic in their household, which is really cool to hear. That's so cool. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, Megan Sumrall, dot com, which is great. And M-E-G-A-N, Megan. Uh, now they're free at the moment. I don't know if they'll be free forever. So definitely get in there quick uh, and uh, and uh, join Megan for her boot camp. And so, guys, I would love to know uh, what's been most valuable. If you're listening right now, which I trust you are, uh, what's been most valuable from this conversation that we've had with Megan? I'm sure you've gained some value. So what I'd love you to do is do two things quickly. First of all, leave a review on the podcast, on iTunes, or whatever platform you're listening on. And secondly, uh, take a photo of it and tag uh, Megan and I 
in the stories on Instagram. And we'd love to just hear what's been most valuable, what you got out of it. Uh, it's just really cool hearing that feedback. So guys, uh, it's been a pleasure having you, Megan, on the podcast again. Thank you so again. much. Uh, and I always love to finish with one question, and which is this. Oh, God, when I should have known this was coming. I listened when- <laughs> to your podcast. <laughs> I want to know, Megan, imagine it is the end of your life. It is the end of your life. And people are standing around talking about Megan Sumrall. They're talking about the impact you made on their lives, their clients, their friends, their, their people in your world. What would you hope that they would whisper about you to each to each other? Mm. I can get emotional if I think about that too hard. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, honestly, it, and it goes into my mission, which is I I would love to know that anybody I touched in any way, shape, or form could say she helped me reclaim harmony in my life mm. again. Oh, I love that. Would that would be amazing. I love that. Well, you're on that mission. You're living it. And, uh, you know, it's great having you in, in our world and to be able to partner with you and do what you're doing because I know you're making a big difference. So thanks so much, Megan. Thank you. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.